Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well, losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash I do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real. Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do for an exclusive 35% off because every mom deserves a good night's sleep. And with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. What's up, guys? Welcome to I Do Podcast, where we interview the world's leading relationship, dating, marriage, and self-help experts. Whether you're single, dating, 
in a relationship, married or struggling, we are here to give you the tools to succeed. We appreciate you joining us. And on today's episode, we have lots of great relationship and individual self-help advice from Daryl and Jennifer. Daryl and Jennifer are both licensed psychotherapists who own a private practice called Polaris Counseling and Consulting in Rhode Island, and they specialize in general mental health, relationships, life adjustments, and overall wellness. And they both have a wealth of information for you today. And Jennifer and Daryl give so much great advice, and we kind of zero in this episode a little bit more on the self-work required to either bring that into an existing relationship to make it better or if you're single and you're looking for a relationship, it's so important that we get ourselves right first. You don't want to be looking for a partner to quote-unquote complete you. That's such a cliche thing that we see in the movies and People talk about that in this sort of romantic sense that, oh, you complete me. But the reality is, is that you don't really want to be doing that. You need to do the work to improve yourself, to be in the right headspace with yourself before you think about improving a relationship or finding a relationship. So listen for all the great advice as far as the tools to Look introspectively to examine yourself, and then once you do that, what you need to do to sort of fix the areas that might need a little help. And it's a process. We are dynamic creatures, us humans, (laughs) and we're always changing. And so you take two individuals, and then that are always changing, and then you put them together and We call that a relationship, and now you have to work through your individual work that you need to do and then bring that to the relationship and work there too, and it's not easy, but that's why we are here to give you the tools to navigate the minefield and come out through the other end feeling better about yourself, better about the relationship you're in, and just all around, that's just going to make your life happier and healthier. And as always, we appreciate you guys so much for listening. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe on iTunes or leave us a review. It helps us so much. If you'd also like to contribute uh, in other ways, you can do so by visiting our show notes page as well as the podcast description. In there, there are quite a few links uh, that will allow you to help us out. One of those is Amazon.com. When you click on that link, we'll get a small percentage of the cart uh, that you purchase on Amazon patreon.com forward slash I do podcast. Check it out. You can contribute for as little as $2 a month, which I think Chase says is like a cup of joe. So check that out. There's quite a few different levels uh, and we also provide rewards for each level. So we hope you can find one that you like. And lastly, audibletrial.com forward slash I do podcast. Get a free 30-day trial as well as a free audiobook. There are over hundreds and thousands of choices to choose from, and we are sure you will find at least one that our experts recommend. 
And stay tuned for the end of the episode. We'll be playing you out with the song Walls from the band The Hip Abduction, and it's from their album One Less Sound. We hope you guys enjoy the episode. Thanks so much. Hi, Jennifer and Daryl. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having us. Great. Thank you for being here. We've given our listeners a little overview about your guys' work. So why don't you take a minute, tell us about yourselves and why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships. Uh, my name is Jen. I am a licensed psychotherapist in Rhode Island. Um, Daryl and I opened the practice together about a year and a half ago. Um, and I think, you know, we focus primarily on mental health, relationships, wellness in general. Um, we have something kind of special here that makes us a little different than other mental health practices where we really try to incorporate the whole person. Um, we take a lot of time to investigate other scientific ways to help our clients get better from a spiritual perspective, from an emotional perspective, from a physical perspective. Um, and we had really great success, especially in working with our couples. So. We're really excited to excited to, to get on this journey of kind of redefining what it means to be healthy and well, um, and fight that stigma of mental health, um, and help couples especially have better relationships with themselves and with each, each other. Awesome! And today we want to kind of zero in on what people can do. I don't want to say outside of the relationship, but the work of self-improvement that someone can do within themselves and then bring that to the relationship. Because as we talk about so much on this show and with a lot of our, and as you guys very well know, a lot of having a healthy relationship involves getting right with yourself and being healthy with yourself, loving yourself. So let's start with maybe the main problem you find on an individual level that people are not working out with themselves, and then therefore it is hurting their relationship? I think the primary thing that I notice and that I have to sort of remind patients of all the time is that um, the new person you're dating or the new person you're in a relationship with is not um, a representation of all the other people you've ever dated. And oftentimes I think we punish our, for lack of a better term, we punish our current um, romantic partners for mistakes that other romantic partners have made in the past. Um, and we have to remember that you may have trust issues because you were cheated on in the past, but this person that you're with right now, as far as we know to date, hasn't given you any reason to have trust issues. So you can't treat them that way. Um, and it also seems like a lot of clients that come in uh, have a lack of balance within themselves. So they're heading into relationships where Things in the past might have happened, but also things are not necessarily going as well as they could be in the present, meaning um, they're not having a healthy work-life balance, uh, baggage, like Jen said, from the past is creeping in, issues from their childhood with their parents and not seeing healthy relationships and not knowing what that looks like. So a lot of times individuals can zero in on what are the symptoms happening in my life that's, that are making me unhappy or not feeling fulfilled. And how do I break those down? 
Um, so it's always really good to see a counselor before things become an issue so you can kind of do some work uh, before things actually become an issue in your own life and especially in your relationships. So when it comes to having trust issues, is there any tips for our listeners who may be um, having that issue where they, you know, they know that they should trust their current partner, but, you know, experiences from their past is, is preventing them from doing so? Right. I think one of the things we try to remind people of is, listen, everyone is capable of pretty much everything. I'm never going to sit here and tell you that someone in your life is never going to hurt you, that they're never going to betray you, that they're never going to cheat on you. People are capable of that. But I think trust is faith. And it means that it doesn't always come with a factual basis. So until you have a reason to not trust someone, then at some point, if you're going to enter into a relationship, it's about building trust and allowing yourself to be a little vulnerable. That being said, if there's another part of you that instinctually doesn't trust a particular individual, then we also work in therapy saying, okay, why do you feel that way? Because maybe there are some red flags that you are, you know, on a different level attuned to, and we need to sort of break that down and say, okay, what is that? So I think at the end of the day, trust is about, you don't know, you never really know. And that's what trust is. And you have to build that in a relationship. It doesn't, it doesn't come on day one. So an individual, that's let's say they're in a relationship and it's been a pretty solid relationship for let's say two to three years you know they're they're living together and i feel like sometimes it's easy especially as things get more serious that you lose yourself in the relationship and getting getting yourself right doing that self-work can kind of get put on the back burner behind i guess the life work the relationship uh Itself. So what are some sort of tools to someone in this situation to sort of reconnect with themselves and continue that self-work? I think it's important to have, again, that balance of understanding that you need to be intellectually stimulated. You need to be spiritually stimulated. You need to have balance in your work. You need to maintain your physical um, structure of, you know, what are you eating? Are you working out? How is that happening? Uh, you need to be happy with finances and understand that that's a big part of balance. So I think it's about taking a look again at what is a snapshot of your life and where are areas that you feel uncomfortable and making sure that um, you're not bringing your own baggage into a relationship um, and you're also not treating somebody badly because of things that are going poorly in your life that they have no real um, effect on. So I think by looking at where you're kind of going wrong and what's happening in life that you could fix in terms of these different dimensions of wellness. Um, it takes to really kind of, you need to be intuitive, but it takes, it takes work, but it's definitely doable. Absolutely. Yeah. Like so many things in a relationship or with ourselves individually, it takes work. It doesn't just happen automatically. And one of the things I'm thinking is sometimes I, that I personally find is just as an individual, um, it's kind of like a, a grand idea, but it's just finding that meaning in our lives and, and having hobbies and people you love and family and friends and so, socially connected to, to find that meaning. But 
at the core of it all, I think I think a lot of that comes down to that and then seeking that meaning. So do you have any kind of tools that that people can use? You know, journaling is is one thing that I've I've heard and, and found helpful, but to just center ourselves and 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 help to find meaning in life? I think at the end of the day, happiness is a choice. If you're not choosing to be happy, then you're quite literally choosing to be unhappy. So I think that's the first thing that needs to be said. So for people who are saying like, I don't know what to do, I don't know how to do it. The first thing is you need to be open-minded and you need to choose happiness. Um, In terms of tools, journaling is absolutely a really great way um, to work on some of these things, to bring it into your counselor or to express yourself. Um, Sometimes you rip the pages up or you burn them and they go away. If you're writing down things that you no longer want in your life. Um, obviously the tools of working out are really great. Um, for a lot of different reasons, having open and healthy communication in a social way. So going out with friends, being a part of a group, doing something that helps build up your hobbies and your interests and your likes with other people who are going to support you and make you feel great about yourself. Um, and then trying other things that are new, so going outside your comfort zone to help build up who you are and who uh, your identity is and kind of fostering that. I think building off of what Daryl said a little bit, I think a lot of people seek meaning within others and they try to find that within a romantic relationship. And at the end of the day, you should be seeking your meaning within yourself and bringing that to a relationship. Healthy relationships are two people that sort of make themselves better and make each other better at the end of the day, not people that, you know, are missing something and draw from the other person. Uh, you know, that's when we start to look at toxicity and codependency. So I think find the meaning within yourself. And, and we say that in therapy all the time. People will go on and on about how a goal of theirs is to find a romantic partner. And sometimes Daryl and I have to look right at them and say, you know, or ask, do you think you're in a place where you should even be in a relationship with another person? Because you know, you don't know who you are right now. Hmm. And and that's a major thing. And I think that really adds to, you know, unhealthy relationships. It's so funny that you mentioned that. I was just watching a movie the other day. And at the end of the movie, the guy was proposing to the girl and he was saying everything like, um, you completely, you complete me. I don't know, you know, who I was before I found you. And it's so funny because that's like what Hollywood and the movies portray. Yet it's the complete opposite of like how a relationship is supposed to be. So it's funny that that caught my eye because that's, you know, it's, we talk about that sometimes and it's just so off. And I think it leads to people's reality to being skewed. Absolutely. Yes. Agree. So you mentioned, uh, and we hear this so much, uh, happiness is a choice. And, and I do believe that, but what would you tell someone? It's like, we all kind of know that, but it's easier said than done. And, and our, our brain chemistry is complicated stuff. It's like, we're going to feel sad. We're going to feel angry. We're going to feel frustrated. What are kind of some other self-talk tools that, that people can use to get out of that funk search, search for that meaning and, and work on themselves? Well, I think that sometimes it, it, it feels like it's easier said than done, but at the end of the day, like, What's done is done. And I think part of that is that mental prowess to be able to get up every day and have a purpose and understand 
what am I going to accomplish today? And if that's a goal you have in mind that you set for yourself, if that's um, a quote of the day that you need to use, if that is somebody that's helping you as a support to help you get up and do that, um, I truly believe that you should kind of enter each day better than you left it. Um, and to do that, it kind of takes a perception shift of what you tend to look at is your reality. If you're always looking at the negative and why me and what's happening to me and this always happens, then it's obvious that things are going to look a little dark. But if you kind of focus on what could be and the potential and make a plan towards that, then you actually start to get some traction and some movement and things. Um, so we teach a lot of our clients about learned helplessness and we teach them how to not be a victim but a victor and start to happen to life rather than having life happen to you, so to speak. And I think, Chase, you mentioned sort of brain chemistry and to sort of go off what Daryl's talking about. One of the things we engage in as far as tool-wise is called cognitive restructuring. And it's this idea that, you know, when you're in sort of a negative state, your neural pathways are conditioned to sort of always go down that route. So one of the things we'll have clients do is for every negative they mention in therapy, we make them mention a positive. And while that sounds really corny and silly, it sort of forces the brain to use both neural pathways so that your brain is sort of ending up in both a positive and a, a positive and a negative place. So over time, the idea is that becomes less of a forced skill and more of a habit. And that every time you see something negative in life, you create sort of this balance within your brain where you also look for something positive. I love that. And I love how you said habit because that is so valuable in instituting these things as in the beginning, if you're, if you're not thinking this way, if you're maybe negative, it's going to be tough, but the more consistent you stay with it, then it just becomes second nature. It becomes a habit. And uh, I think the the keys for success in a relationship, in life, in, in work are, making things habit that you're doing them second nature and you're not having to sort of force the issue all the time but like in the beginning it, it is going to be difficult but once you get in the to the routine it's going to be just kind of automatic right absolutely and i i really like uh morning routines for this um it's just another valuable thing at the top of the day to sort of set yourself right. You get out of bed rather than going straight into the email, which I'm guilty of doing more times than I, <laughs> I wish to to say. But having kind of a morning routine where you're just setting yourself up, maybe it's a positive mantra, maybe a little physical activity as simple as a couple of yoga poses, uh, some push-ups, get the blood flowing, and then maybe some meditation and then you're tackling the day. And as soon as I, f I find myself getting out of that habit, it's hard to get back in. But once I'm in it, it's just kind of almost second nature. Right. And part of that sort of to bookend that is we also have clients take what's called sort of a self-inventory. We do that at the end of the day, sort of right before people go to bed, sort of looking at your day and saying, you know, um, what steps did I take towards my goals? What did I do that I really liked about myself today? What could I have done better? better today, and then sort of setting an intention for the next day. Um, so that way you can sort of start with positivity in the morning and then sort of also round it out at night before you go to bed. It's also really great when you have a partner that can help you with this. And if two people are in the same mindset with this, it makes for a really powerful um, position for both individuals to be in, which is really great as well. So when you find another healthy individual that's also actively working on themselves, 
um, it makes the relationship night and day to the, that of an unhealthy one. Yeah, and it can give you that motivation. Maybe one day you're not really uh, going through your, your program, your routine, and then your partner's like doing it or like, hey, let's go, and you both are working off of each other. Right, right. And now we're kind of bringing that individual back to the the relationship. So you mentioned doing these together. Now, what would you tell someone uh, that has a partner that's not really being supportive of their their self uh improvement. And I can imagine that's very frustrating. So how can they sort of deal with that um, with their partner? I think within relationships, and we probably say this three times a week in couple sessions, but um, at some point within a relationship, you can only be as healthy as the unhealthiest person in that relationship. And a lot of times we get people who are clearly the healthier of the two who seek out therapy And really what it comes down to is that their partner is not willing to become more healthy, is not willing to work on themselves, is not willing to set goals for the relationship. And at some point we have to look at people and say, listen, if you are constantly working 80%, 85% of this relationship and your partner's working 15 or 20 and isn't interested in supporting you becoming a better person, that says something. You know, in a healthy relationship, your partner should want you to be the best version of you possible and if at any point they're showing signs that they don't want you to be, that's a concern. Right. And Jen mentioned red flags before, and that's a huge red flag when one person is purposely getting in the way of another's development or standing by the sidelines and, and not helping at all. So uh, oftentimes we have to ask our couples, do you want to be in this relationship? And if yes, like, why are you standing in each other's ways? So sometimes it's a really hard dynamic for people to understand because they've grown so comfortable and they can't imagine life without them, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the relationship is a healthy one. Do a majority of the couples end up supporting each other, or do they choose to go their separate waves, ways? Oh, it depends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a tricky question. I didn't know it's if there usually, was a common theme or what you, what you see. Common theme is usually one person drags another person into therapy. Mm. Um. Occasionally, we do get couples who sort of engage on this journey together, and that's a really great thing because that's a good place. If, if you are both in a relationship where you're both still working and you're both still fighting for the relationship, that's a great sign. I think one of the things that Daryl and I notice, and you could disagree with me, but I think one of the things we notice is when one person stops fighting, mm. that's a bad sign. Right. When one person stops fighting for the relationship, it, they've moved on. Um, one of the big things that we find is we talk to our guests about uh, when if if you're in conflict, when do you know to to break up or that that this is not going anywhere and in the major common theme is that the other partner is not willing to learn and they say, they say, "Ask yourself, are you still growing and are you still learning and if the answer is no then then you seriously got to consider um obviously depending on how long it's been going on, but that, that that's not a relationship for you. Right. And I think, you know, we ask clients all the time. We, we assign homework all the time. And if clients come in and they're not doing the homework or they're just kind of coming in and complaining about their partner, but not really telling us how they are willing to change, then we'll ask, we'll ask couples all the time. Like, why, why are you still doing this? If you're just sort of bringing your partner and waiting for them to get better that, you know, quote better, but, um, why 
I, why are you doing this? If it, You've both got to be leaving here every week, doing the work, putting effort in. And I think we look at the termination of relationship when the effort stops. Because even if you've been married for 60 years, the effort can't stop. It can't ever stop. Mm. It's, you know, you said earlier it's work and it, you have to keep working. You can't stop at that. I tell a lot of um, my clients, and I know Jen does as well, that you guys need to fight the problem together and not each other. And a lot of times we see couples that are fighting each other rather than the bigger problem at hand. And it's when that teamwork breaks down and you start to have this dissension within uh, a relationship that things really start to go awry and people start to become bitter and have resentments and hold grudges. And those are very, very poisoning to our relationships. And Unfortunately, sometimes it is undoable, and that's a terrible thing to say, but it's very true that it, there is a point in all relationships, at least that I have seen, where people kind of cross that line, and it's very difficult to go back. And obviously, just for our listeners out there, they every relationship is going to be different. So uh, we always like to say that it's important to take these tools into the relationship, but we find that seeking professional help, like if you really want to work this out and and find out if it, if it is something that can work out, visit a counselor like yourselves and and go through the uh, the work to to make it healthy or to find out that it's not right for you. Right, I, I agree. I think one of the things we learn is that sometimes couples are engaging in really harmful behaviors between the two of them. And a lot of times they will end up on our couch and they're convinced that these are really normal um, things that happen in relationships. And sometimes we have to look at them and say, listen, this is abusive. This is harmful. This is not what a relationship should look like. And I think sometimes until you seek professional help, people aren't even aware of that. I also think people wait too long sometimes and they come when it, the problem is so big and so large. So I urge couples to get into uh, couples counseling before that happens. It's a really healthy tool to help with positive communication. Joining your life with somebody else is difficult at best sometimes, um, but it could be so rewarding. And sometimes you need a little bit of coaching and, you know, uh, maintenance around the edges to help grow and make something really beautiful. So I urge a lot of couples, you know, if you're starting to find that there's friction to go see somebody before it turns into something bigger. Are there some common themes that you see with couples that are coming to you that are struggling that kind of stand out more than anything else? Yes. <laughs> um, a lot of times it's communication. Um, men and women speak very different languages. A lot of times it's money, um, parenting styles. I think those would be my top three. What about you? Yeah, I agree. We, you know, we sort of thought about this individually and came together. And I, I think lack of healthy communication is where we both sort of wound up. And when Daryl says parenting styles and finances, at the end of the day, that comes down to communication. And something Daryl actually mentioned to me earlier in the day is couples come and talk about sex a lot and sort of how they feel like they're not sexually compatible. And for a lot of people, that's communication at the end of the day where people just, they talk a lot. Their quantity of talking is pretty high but their quality of talking is just not there. Right, we find that a lot of couples don't show love in the way that the other person needs to be shown love. Um, and that can cause a lot of issues 
in the bedroom, out of the bedroom with finances because people aren't feeling appreciated or respected. And it kind of causes that um, dissension like we were talking about before. Finding your love language. Uh, we Probably the most common book recommended is uh, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. And I think that's such an important right. exercise to, to find out how you receive love. And then, like we're talking about, you got to communicate that to your partner. They can't read your mind. And you probably, most of our listeners may not know for themselves how they receive love. Exactly. And I think we get stuck in this place where we expect our partner to intuitively know how we need to receive love. And we have to tell our clients all the time, like, listen, this mind reading game that you're playing is a game. Hmm. Tell the other person how you need to receive love. If you need to hear it more, tell them. If you need to physically feel it more, tell them. If you need help around the house more, tell them. But sitting back and refusing to share that information with them and saying they should just know how I need to feel love is a very dangerous game to play. Right. And that goes back into what we talked about before about individual development. Sometimes a lot of clients don't even know that that's what they need. And that's a self-exploring, you know, uh, concern of them of, of, in itself of you need to know how you need the love in order to tell someone else how to show you love. Yeah, it's it's not simple. This is we are complicated mm. beings, and then you throw another one into the mix, and it's called a relationship. And now we have to get along, and we're trying to figure out each other. And I think that's what makes it so rewarding, and that's also why it can be difficult. But the 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 trials and tribulations are always worth it in the end. And before we move on to the lasting love round, I I was just wondering if there's one kind of communication exercise that has been the most valuable to uh, couples that you guys uh, give? Oftentimes we like to have couples just talk in front of us. And I think, you know, it's funny because couples will come into therapy and they like to talk at the therapist. Um, they don't make eye contact with each other. They don't, their bodies don't face each other. They like to just talk at the therapist and usually they're tattling on their significant other. So usually what we'll tell couples is, all right, why are you speaking to me? Speak to her or speak to him. And I think a good exercise is that we get to see them speak to each other and we get to break it down at the end and say sort of, how would that feel if that were being said to you? Or do you see how your body language is? And, and a great thing that Daryl likes to do is Daryl likes to have the couples translate for each other. All right, what did you just hear her say? What did you just hear him say? And it's, baffling and sometimes to see how very very differently <laughs> men and women interpret the same sentence right I think for me it's um I give them the tools I like to use I statements and I know Jen does a really great job with her clients of doing it too of there's almost a formula that you know we put in place of I say what you feel when you insert instance that made you feel that way and then Put, pull in what made it have what happened, the consequence. So it's kind of this, you know, it made me feel really embarrassed when you spoke like that in front of uh, our friends. And I don't know if that's something that I want to continue. So sometimes we actually need to literally teach people how to speak to each other by using these tools and these uh, sentence structures. And it feels very foolish. And a lot of times our clients speak like robots or they'll like say it passive aggressively. But the point is that 
people are learning and they're getting into healthy habits and they're building those neural pathways to help them communicate in a much better way on feelings and emotions rather than you did this and you did that. It sounds elementary to break down a sentence like that. It made me feel blank, insert insert your emotion. But because we are so complicated and you may be angry when you're saying this and you're not thinking right, these are really valuable tools. So I would encourage our listeners, I don't have to tell you guys, you know it works, but I would tell our, our listeners that use this. The next time you, you find yourself going down a path of, of argument and you say, break it down to you made me feel blank when you did blank. It's such a valuable tool. Right. Now it's time for the lasting love round. What is one tool or practice our listeners can use on a daily basis to help improve their relationship? Do something together. We assign this as homework all the time. It sounds really silly, but I don't care if you have a cup of coffee together before you leave for work. Do something together because the best way you learn to communicate with another person is by getting to know them. The more time you spend with a person, the better you know them. So do something together every day. Um, I like to tell my clients to touch a lot. Um, Even if they're mad at each other, when we touch, there's a lot of scientific evidence that shows that we actually boost uh, neuropeptide oxytocin, which makes us feel more bonded and in love. So even if you're angry at someone, you know, it sounds ridiculous, but try to hold their hand. It makes it, it makes the fight dissipate much quicker when you're in such physical close proximity. Um, At night, if you're not a big cuddler, try to touch hands or even pinkies. It doesn't have to be that much, but that physical touch to another person can absolutely help build up some of these chemicals in our brain to help us feel more connected and bonded and then hopefully result in less fighting. Is there a book or resource you can recommend for listeners who want to improve their relationships? I actually love this book. It's a children's book by uh, Shel Silverstein, and it's called The Missing Piece Meets the Big O. And I make my clients read it uh, in session with me sometimes because it's all about how you cannot have someone else fill in a missing piece. You need to become your own circle, so to speak. So you need to work on molding your edges and you need to learn how to roll and bounce with adversity and tough times um, and trying to fit somebody else into a piece that feels broken or not filled is not necessarily the way that a relationship should be. Ah, that's the uh, first time we've had that book recommended. And Shel Silverstein, I love it. She, uh, That's uh, Where the Sidewalk Ends, right? Same author. Same author, yep. Yeah, awesome. We'll, we'll have to check that out. Perfect. We've been married for almost two years now. Is there any advice you would give newlyweds? Yeah, be willing to grow. Be willing to bend. You know, you're most at risk for divorce in the first five years of marriage. Because too many times... Two very different people try to mash their lives together and still have two separate lives. Um, Grow together, but be willing to understand another person, be willing to bend with another person. Absolutely. And really focus in on your communication. And I know you hear it a million times, but I'm going to say it again. Have talks, talk about your feelings, use those I statements um, and check in. Make sure you're checking in with one another on things after a fight or before things come to a fight. Um, and you know, two years is a big accomplishment today. So congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. What advice would you give our single listeners looking for a happy relationship? Work on you. Make sure you're good. 
Make sure you're happy. And listen, you're allowed to have bad days, but overall, make sure you're happy. And and when you are happy and you put good things out in the universe, good things come back to you. Absolutely. Um, don't don't give up on love. It's out there, and you don't need to settle for something less than. Um, a lot of times people come into us and they've been in the same relationship for 10, 12 years and think this is as good as it gets or, and they're afraid to be single. Um, so for the single people out there, congratulations, you're doing it. And love is still out there and don't settle for anything less than you deserve. Well, that's great. Thank you so much, Jennifer and Daryl, for joining us today. So let's wrap up by having you tell our listeners where they can find you and then we'll say goodbye. You can find us on the web at www.polarisri.com. We're located in North Providence, Rhode Island. So give us a call. Come on down if you're in the neighborhood. We'd love to have you all. And thank you for having us. Our listeners can find all the information and links to today's episode on idopodcast.com. Go to the podcast tab and you'll be in the archives. And again, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. Thanks for having us. Hi, Sarah here. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so through Patreon, Amazon, or audible.com. All the links are on the bottom of our show notes page on idopodcast.com and in the description for this episode. Also, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe on iTunes. We appreciate it so much. Thanks.
You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our Sex Podcast Collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.